Welcome to Beecher Island Church. It is good. It's good to see all your smiling faces. And what a glorious day it is because it's the Lord's Day. And we get to praise Him. We get to worship Him. Man, this morning, I don't know if at your house, but at my house, it was kind of foggy and overcast. And it was beautiful. The sun was shining through uh, some patches there. And man, it was just a beautiful morning. And uh, I took a little time to just praise Him. And I pray that you do the same. Uh, we talked in class about waking up in the morning and starting our day with Him and praising Him and, and seeking His will. And I pray that we're doing that. I pray that we're, we're seeking Him and what a glorious day uh, it is when we do that. And, and, and this morning is, is going to be a great day. We get to gather in His name right here. And what a blessing it is to do that. When we get to gather together and, and, and not... Not just praising, because that is the reason we come. But when we come together, don't we also get to smile and shake hands with each other? We get to know each other more. And, and, and if you're new with us, what a blessing it is for you to be here. If you're not new with us, what a blessing it is for you to be here too. <laughs> it's a blessing that we all get to come together and, and just be about Him but also get to be get to know each other more. And I'm going to ask that if you are new with us, that you stick around. If you're not new with us, stick around. Talk. Get to know each other better. Because what a blessing that is that we get to do that. And uh, just in case you don't know, uh, Beecher Island is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And if you have any questions on that whatsoever, ask me. As soon as we're done with church, and I would love to explain what I mean in that. Uh, uh, it is it is good. We've been in a study of John. And today we're in chapter 19. Um, I don't know if we're gonna finish chapter 19 today or not, but but we might. I might preach some more on it. Another Sunday. But we're at the crucifixion. And I pray I do it justice. It's so intense. It's our Savior at the cross. It's what our Savior had to go through for us. It's, it's what He had to do. He, he was filling prof prophecy and, and He was the perfect sacrifice. Taking all of our sin upon His shoulders when He hung on that cross. So much. So much going on. But for my human brain to wrap around exactly what Jesus did for us becomes overwhelming. He had to go to the cross for the new covenant to be. He had to, he had to die in order for us to have grace and forgiveness the way we have it today. Jesus had to be crucified in order for us to be saved by believing in Him. 
Jesus had to die. But is it sometimes just words that we say instead of a picture or a movie that we have in our mind as we read through this? You see, I, I pray today that this comes alive to us. That it not just be, be words and, and something that happened a long time ago and man, we're grateful and we're thankful, but we're going on. No, you know what? I want to I want to have it in my mind as to what Jesus did for me. And I pray that you have it in your mind as what Jesus did for you. Because see, I want you to hear this morning. He did it for you. He did it for you. He took the cup that the Father gave so that you can have life. True life. Not just life as we walk now, but life eternal. True life. And what a blessing that is that He did it for us. Father, I pray right now that the words that I say will be of You. Lord, I pray that if I speak any words this morning that are of me or of the flesh, that, that they just fall to the ground and they don't walk out of these doors. Lord, I pray this morning that, that people hear will hear everything that you did for them. That they make it personal as to what you have done. It's because of you, Jesus, that we have life. It's because of you, Father, sending your Son to die for whosoever will believe in you, Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for that. I pray this morning that it be your words people here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. John 19. John 19, we're going to start at about verse uh, probably at 16. <clears throat> but before we read it, I'm going to say again, as I always say before I read John. John 20, verse 31. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you will have life in His name. John chapter 20, verse 31. That's why we read it. That's the way we need to understand it. John 19, <clears throat> verse 16. So He delivered Him <clears throat> to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and led Him away. And He, bearing His cross, went out to the place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified Him and two others with Him. One on either side, and Jesus in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. <clears throat> then many of the Jews read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but he said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when <clears throat> excuse me, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier apart. And also the tunic. Now the tunic was with, <clears throat> without seam, <clears throat> excuse me, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. 
whose it, who it shall be, that the Scripture might be fulfilled which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus His mother and His mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw His mother and the disciple whom He loved standing by, He said to His mother, Woman, behold your son. Then He said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on his sop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, He said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Therefore, because it was the preparation day that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for this, uh, that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen his has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you may be you may believe. These things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says. They shall look on him whom they pierced. After this, Joseph, Joseph of Arimatha, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices and the custom, as the custom of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day, and the tomb was nearby. So much. So much that Jesus went through. So much detail laid out in these few short scriptures. This is our Savior. And after brutally being beaten, Jesus was, was given His cross to carry. He carried as far as he humanly possibly could carry. And he fell to the ground. Exhausted. And we know that, that a man by the name of Simon of Cyrene picked up the cross and carried it on to the place of the skull or Yalgotha. They laid that 
cross down on the ground and put Jesus on top. Started driving spikes. The word says nail. But I think when the word says nail, our minds might go to, you know, a 16 penny nail. It wasn't. It was a spike. Driven through his hands and his feet. You see, I think this is where we may miss it. When we talk about him being nailed to the cross, but but do we really do we really play this video out in our mind? Do, do we really think through what, what Jesus went through? We know that he's already been whipped and beaten, and not just with a with a whip that, that we use today, but a whip that had metal and bone on the end of it. Cut him, cut him to the bone. Blood running from his head because he's got this crown of thorns on him. Blood running from his back, his body everywhere. And, and he just hyped up. Yogatha. And now they take these spikes and driving through his hands and feet. Whack! Whack! Could you imagine this? With every blow of a hammer. The pain that pierced through his skin. Through his whole body. They've now nailed him to this cross like you would nail spikes uh, when you pound timbers together with spikes. Jesus is now stuck to this cross, this tree by spikes. But that's all that's holding him on there. And now they, they start to hoist this cross up into the air. And, and, and as the, they get it higher and higher, there becomes a point at which it breaks over. Thud! It falls into the ground. Can you imagine now Jesus being, being held by nails and this falling into the ground? And when it fell into the ground, the thud and the jolt that went through His body. I don't think I can imagine. You know, as I was thinking through this, the only thing I could, that I could get in my brain was, was if you've ever built fence and you put corner posts in, right? That's the big boys. That's the, what's supposed to hold the whole fence line. It's the big boys. You dig a big hole for it. You're going to put it further in the ground. Think about this cross. It wasn't just going to be in the ground a foot. It was holding Jesus on it. It was going to be in the ground. And when you pick up that corner post and you set it down in the ground, when it hits that breakover point and it thuds into the ground. How loud of a noise does it make? That's just a post. Think about a cross with Jesus now nailed to it hitting the ground. The jolt that went through His body had to be tremendous. Had to be unthinkable. The only perfect man who ever lived. And this is the reception he gets from his own. Listen, Jesus didn't have to do this. 
Jesus could have sent 10,000 army angels down to wipe, to wipe them all out. Anybody that touched Him, He would knock them down. He could have knocked them down Himself. He could have done it all Himself and, and, and took care of anybody that tried to crucify Him. But He didn't. He didn't. No, He took that jolt through His body and said, I love Him that much, Father. I love Him that much. You. You. He loves you that much that He would take that jolt a thousand times. Listen, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never trusted Him with your life, not just this life, but eternal life, will you do it today? Will you do it today? Will you do it today as you read through this account of what Jesus has done for you? You know, it's customary for there to be a title above every person that was crucified. And usually it wasn't just a title of who they were, but also the crime in which was committed. Pilate put a title up there. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And the Jews didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. They squawked and squabbled for sure. But you know what? Jesus was King. He was King. He still is King. He's still King today. So let me ask you this. Church, how do you feel about Jesus being your King? You see, there's a lot of squabbling in our world when you start talking about Jesus being the King. But what do we think about that title? Do you let Him be your King? Do you let Jesus be your King? If you don't, will you do it today? Will you let Him be your King today? I'm going to jump down just a little bit to verse 28. But I want you to understand that there's, there's a gap in John between verses 27 and 28. Through the other Gospels, we know what happened. But, but there's, a, there's a break here in between 27 and 28. And I want you to know what that break was. Darkness. Darkness. Darkness filled the earth. From noon until three, darkness fell on this earth. Why was it dark when it should have been daylight? Why was it dark in the middle of the day? It'd be like here in 10 minutes. Dark. Dark. Not just hazy. Dark. It was during this time that Jesus was forsaken by God. It was during this time that Jesus took on the sin of the world 
on His shoulders on the cross. The sin of all mankind was laid upon Him. Darkness. Darkness. For God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. His one and only Son, He sent His perfect sacrifice to take on the sin of the world. He sent Him. For whosoever, for whosoever will believe in Him will have everlasting life. Whosoever, you, you and all who will confess Jesus Christ as Lord, He took on the sin for. He took the sin on Himself. You see, He cried out, I thirst. Indicating that real physical thirst. He, he was absolutely thirsty and, and the crucifixion would even intensify that. Look at what He's been through. Look at what He's done. And He's hanging here on a cross. Crying out, I thirst. But it also reminds us that greater, greater than His physical thirst Greater than his physical thirst was his spiritual thirst for the salvation of all mankind. Jesus loves you. I want you to hear that this morning. He loves you. This is the reason he did this, is because he loves you. He loves you so much he went through it all. So that you can have life in him, with him. Life. That's why He went through it all. For you. He just didn't do it to hang on a tree. I promise you. He did it for you. Make it personal. Make it personal. Because see, then He cried out, It is finished. It's finished. can't imagine what all those standing around thought when He said those words. It's finished. What's he talking about? It's finished. The work his father had given him to do. The pouring out of his soul as an offering for sin. The work of redemption and atonement. It is true that, that he had not yet died, but his death, burial, and ascension were as certain as if it was already accomplished. And so the Lord Jesus could announce that the way, the way had been provided for all sinners to have life, true life, in Him. There was a path now. There was a way. Jesus. Jesus. these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And believing, you'll have life in His name. Life in His name. See, in, in verse 30 it says that Jesus bowed His head and gave up His spirit. You know, a lot of people 
have this scene pictured in their head. I think there's many artworks done of this scene. Of this account right here. And if you want to have the image of what I'm going to describe here, uh, let me just say it. I think the image that most of us picture is Jesus hanging on this cross with His head bowed. But I want you to know that that head bowed could also mean His eyes looking up to heaven. Just as He had prayed over and over again. Eyes to heaven. So when I picture this, I picture Jesus hanging on this tree Eyes to heaven. It's finished, Father. It's finished. You see, He chose exactly when His Spirit would leave Him. He chose when it would happen. You see, nobody killed Him. Yes, they hung Him on a cross, but they didn't kill Him. They didn't take life from Him. He volunteered it. He gave it up. He made the choice for you to give up His life. And He wasn't slumped over like this, defeated by death. No, He was raising, praising God because it was finished. Because it was finished. See, uh, I want you to understand this morning that that cross was gruesome. It was gruesome and Jesus had to go through it. And we glorify that cross a lot in today's world. But it wasn't the piece of wood that He hung on. It was Jesus Himself. It was Jesus Himself that we have life. It's in Him and because of Him that we have life. It wasn't because of the piece of wood that He hung on. It was Him. It was His willingness to be the perfect sacrifice. It was His willingness to go and be stuck to that piece of wood by its spikes and give up His life voluntarily so that you can be with Him forever. So my question to you this morning is if you haven't given your life to Him, what's stopping you? Why are you not giving your life to Him? Why are you not confessing with your mouth Jesus and Lord and believing in your heart that God had raised Him from the dead? Because it says in the Word that you will be saved when you do that. What's stopping you? What's stopping you from confessing Him as Lord? Because let me tell you, He did it for you. He... It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter what you've done. He died for you. He died for you. So that you can have complete forgiveness. And you can be covered by His blood. And you can be seen by our God as white as snow. You're perfect in the eyes of God when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Again, it doesn't matter what you've done. 
I pray this morning that you see Jesus that way. Yeah, the cross is gruesome and He had to go through all that. And I want that image in my head of what He did for me. But He did it because He had to. To pave the way for all of us sinners to get to heaven with Him. I'm going to invite the music team up and I will tell you, we were going to have some baptisms this morning, but um, they were unable to make it this morning. But it's okay. Because I will tell you that if you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, but you've never been baptized, the water's ready. <laughs> okay? The water's ready. So if you want to be baptized this morning, <clears throat> you have opportunity. You have opportunity to do that. You know, I was thinking this week, why do I not boast in what Jesus has done for me? Why do I stay quiet about it? Why? Why don't I tell everybody that I come in contact with that Jesus loves them? And that Jesus died for them? supposed to be this preacher with pastoral duties <clears throat> inside joke and I can't even do it I want to I, I want to be boastful in him I, I, I want to share Jesus with the world <clears throat> and what he's done Church, I'm going to ask for you to pray for me to be bold in Him. And I'm going to pray for you to be bold in Him. If we claim Jesus as Lord, there's no greater thing that we can do than confess Him to all those around us. What a blessing that is that we get to do that. And I want to take that serious. But I also want you to take it serious if you've not confessed Him as Lord. And so if you've not done that and you want to do that this morning, come forward, let me pray with you. Let's do that. If you've not been baptized and you want to do that this morning, come forward. We'll do it. Let's be all about Him. All about Him. Father God, I thank You so much for the love that you have for us, a love that we can't even fathom because it's a love that you, that was so great that you were willing to be brutally beaten, so exhausted, so humanly exhausted that you couldn't even carry the cross. And then you went and you were nailed to it. Spikes driven through your hands and feet so that you could be crucified, just as the Scripture said. You knew you had to for us. You, Jesus, paved the way so that we can have life, true life with you, and I praise you for that. I praise you for that right now, and I pray right now if there's anybody in this church that, that hasn't confessed you as Lord, that hasn't given their life to you, that today, right now, they do that. 
right now they confess you as Lord and they they give it up. They make their life all about you and for you. Lord, I just pray right now that hearts soften to you. Lord, I pray right now that, that if people have confessed you but they've stepped away, they, they, they had, they've fallen on hard times and they turned to self, they turned to the world, right now I pray that they put their eyes back upon you and they walk in you and know that you died for them and that they are forgiven. They have life with you. God, I thank you for that. I thank you that you died for us so that we can have true life with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We'll stand and sing with us. If you need prayers, please come forward. If you want to be baptized, come forward. If you're confessing, come forward.